Hey, student disciples, welcome to the Wesley Discipleship Podcast with Aaron Vickroy and Catherine Harris. Each week, the dynamic duo will tackle a practical issue in ways that you can take your next steps with God. Hey guys, it's Catherine and Aaron. I'm really excited for this week's podcast because we're going to be answering some questions that we've been um, asking and people want to know answers to. So the first question, we're just going to dig right in, um, dive right in, that's the right word there. Um, the first question we have is, what do I say when our disciple or my disciple is going through something that I don't know how to relate to? Um, because I haven't gone through anything like that. So Aaron, what are some suggestions for you on or to give on that question? Well, I'll start by answering the the question directly which is when you don't know exactly what someone's going through because you haven't been through it i I think the best thing to do is just to encourage them with truth um that that finding uh truths in scripture that speak about our identity that speak about who god is those are going to be the most beneficial things And, and so whenever someone's struggling with something one of the most important things that they can possibly know is that God is faithful. That, that no matter what it is, no matter how long they've been struggling with it, no matter what it's going to take for them to experience freedom, if they know God is faithful, they should leave encouraged. Now, you may not have an exact chapter and verse to speak directly into the thing that they're struggling with, but if you can speak truth, Bible verses, over their life that speak to God's faithfulness that they can carry, that it almost becomes this like universal encouragement that God is faithful and no matter what you're going through, that, that he has the power to help you overcome. And, and so the second thing I want to say, speak into that is a lot of times when, when somebody is going through something, we want to have like the answer to their problem. We want to have that truth to say that like key to give that will unlock the door and one of the most one of one of the most powerful things that we can do as disciples when someone is going through something is just be with them. And so what do you say when somebody's struggling with something or going through something that you've never struggled with or that you've never been through? I'm really sorry. And just stop there if if you want. I mean, to be honest, I I, I took a, a class in seminary really, really early on in, in, my, um, in my time in school, and uh, this was probably four years ago, and the thing that I will always remember from that class is that we were talking about what to do as a pastor when, when somebody experiences something traumatic, uh, whether it's a death in the family or, or, or really even something severe like, like a, a sexual assault or, or something. And my professor said this. He said, don't speak before you listen. And then sometimes you may actually never speak. And he said, the, one of the things that you can do to be most effective when someone's going through something hard is to provide for them the ministry of presence. You just be with them. You don't try to come up with some really good theological explanation because that's how you, you end up saying something stupid. You know, where actually my professor mentioned that when him and his wife had lost um, a, a, a child, when, when the the baby was little and got this really rare disease, someone came up to them in their church and said, well, God just couldn't live without your baby in heaven. You know, my professor, my seminary professor is talking how he wanted to throat punch somebody. And I would too. Um, and, and 
so many times we can put ourselves in positions where we just say something so stupid and not even true because we're trying to say something instead of just be with them. And it's discipleship. And so I get that you're going to want to have questions and you're going to want to have answers and, and you're going to want to have things to say. But, but I would say as much as you can, just resist that urge and just to be with them because that might actually be what they need. It's just for you to be with them and say, I don't understand what you're going through and I'm not going to trivialize what you're going through by pretending that I do. But I'm willing to be here with you in the midst of it. That's all great, Aaron. Um, so our second question is, how do you challenge your student who is comfortable in their complacency with the Lord? Um, this is a question we got a few times, actually. So, Aaron, what do you say to that? That is a very hard question. Yes. And if I could <laughs> skip it, I would love that. Uh, do I get, like, a veto? No. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of times as disciples, we're really scared of stepping on toes. We're really scared of saying something that will make the person we're meeting with angry with us and not like us. And so we don't challenge people the way that, that they should be challenged. Um, but, but in this scenario, it's just really important that, that we resist that urge to just let them be where they are. And, and we just look at them and say, you know what, I just care about you too much to let you, to let you stay complacent. I, I care about you too much to let you stay in this place where you don't care whether or not you grow. And you look at them and say, you're going to grow because you care and because you want to grow, not because I care and I want you to grow. That my desire to see you grow isn't going to be what makes you grow. It's going to be your desire and your intentionality and your pursuit of God that makes you grow. And so we almost just like take that ball that, that they passed us and we pass it back and say, yeah, I'm the discipler, but guess what? This is your life. And if you want to experience what God has for you, you're going to have to want it, and you're going to have to go after it. And my job is to be with you while you do. But when we get done with this meeting, my relationship with Jesus is my relationship with Jesus, and your relationship with Jesus is yours. I don't have to live in your relationship with Jesus. I get to live in my relationship with Jesus. My relationship is pretty good. Do you want that too? And, and you know, it, it doesn't have to be some like rah-rah Tim Tebow emotional speech or anything like that. But... At the same time, like, we get to encourage them. So, like, you might be sitting there thinking, well, after I say that, what do I do? I don't know. It depends on what they say. If they look at you and they're like, you're right. I want this. Then, like, maybe take some time and pray. Take some time and talk to them about what would it look like for you to not be complacent anymore. What would it look like for you, want, for you to want a deeper relationship with Jesus? And then what do you have to do to get there? Like, really focus during that time on those next steps. If they look at you and they're like, mm, I don't think I want that. Then you have my permission to end the discipleship right then and there. Because your time with them is not gonna be effective if they don't wanna grow. And that's the beauty of this whole thing. And you can actually tell them this. You didn't make them sign up for discipleship. I didn't make them sign up for discipleship. Bob, to my knowledge, didn't make them sign up for discipleship. They're the ones that signed up because they said that they wanted to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And this isn't you holding them to some standard that, that they weren't aware of. This is you saying that thing that you wanted when you signed up for it, do you still want it? 
And if you do, I think there's more than you're experiencing. And if you don't, then, then we need to think about what to do next because you know, this hour that, that we spend together every week, it's gonna become us just kinda hanging out. And that's not what you signed up for, that's not what I signed up for. If you wanna go grab coffee every couple weeks, that's fine, but let's not call it discipleship because that's not what it is. And, and I, for real, I, I, I don't want y'all to offend people and be jerks, but out of a place of kindness, in a place of gentleness, in a place of love, you get to call people higher. And worst case scenario, they don't like you anymore. And guess what? Who cares? Them not liking you is worth the risk for you to challenge them and them experience more of Jesus. If we as disciples are more concerned with people liking us than them growing, we're not actually disciples. We're kind of just like bystanders in, in their relationship with God. I would actually have said friends, but I think that's not actually even a good friend. That's a pretty crappy friend. If you have friends that don't care about you, those aren't your friends. Those are people that you just go, go to Chick-fil-A with. Aaron, I think it's funny that you wanted to answer this question because I just saw you get more passionate than I've seen with any other question or topic we've talked about. So yes. all that was great. And so thank you so much for sharing all that. And he just spoke so much truth. So I hope that answered all of your questions about that if you've ever experienced that question before. Um, our next question is, what can I say or talk about when they're in a good place in life and I have to really dig into them to say anything? So if you're sitting and your disciple is just not talking back to you, what do you do? Well, I, I do want to distinguish a little bit between being in a quote-unquote good place in life versus not having anything to say. If they're actually in a really good place in life, they should have a ton to say. They should have a ton to share and a ton to talk about. And to me, a good place in life means that they're experiencing a deep relationship with Jesus. And when you're experiencing a deep relationship with Jesus, that means you're like spending time in prayer. You're spending time in his word, that he's teaching you things, that he's helping you overcome sin. You should have tons to talk about. To me, the, mo the, the, the moments in, in life where the people that you're discipling are in a quote unquote good place, you should have more to talk about than when they're struggling. Because when they're struggling, you're just gonna basically talk about the sin in their life and try to you know, attack it from every angle for the next 45 minutes. But when they're in a good place, that's actually when you get to experience that growth and to make that headway in their relationship with God. It's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Great, what does that mean? It means that my times with God have never been better. Tell me about it. And if their times with God have never been better, they should have a whole lot to say. And so um, that question, a little bit of what do I do when everything's good and, and I'm trying to dig for things to talk about, it, it a little bit gets back to, to the topic of our last, last podcast of, of being a fixer and, 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 and whatnot, that, that that's not really our role in discipleship is to be a quote-unquote fixer that we shouldn't only find like job security in the struggles and the sins where something comes up and you're like, oh, yay, we have something to talk about for the next few weeks. Like we should actually want to see people get free mm -hmm. so that now we have something to talk about, which is the, the, the joy that you're experiencing in your relationship with Jesus and the freedom that you're experiencing him, with him. So I actually think that it's when we get to those good places – 
that we actually see the most fruit and the most, uh, I think, genuine picture of what discipleship is supposed to be. Yeah, that's all great. And um, one thing I thought about when he was talking is a very, very, very simple tool that you could use. Actually, one of my friends used to use on me when I'd be negative is three positive things. Three positive things that have happened this past week. Um, and then whenever your disciple responds, um, you can be like, okay, why were those great? How could you see God in those great times? Um, that's just like a little simple tool I thought of that you could use. And I promise you, people might laugh at you and say three positive things. And you say, yes, three positive things. And I promise that, will, if anything, will spark something. Um, so I hope that answers that question. Um, the last question we have for today is, um, what can I do to encourage my DT to be present in our meetings and eliminate distractions like phones or things happening around us? Very simple question. It is simple, and, and sometimes um, the the best answer answer is the simplest and the most direct. Where you you know you just look at that person, and um, maybe at the beginning of your next DT, uh, you say, "Hey, I want the next hour to be phone free, to be distraction free, to 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 you know." Uh, be be a time where we can really focus on God. And and the best way to do that is to say it at the very beginning before the distraction comes up. You know, because will it be awkward? Maybe a little bit. Here's when it's really going to be awkward. When they pull out their phone and you're like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Like, okay, mom, thanks. No phones at the dinner table or something like that. You know, and so doing it at the very beginning, uh, that, that might be... A, a good way to, to approach the situation. Another thing you can do is frame it um, as something that you're wanting to do and then invite them into that. So if I go into a DT where I know that, that the whole phone distraction thing is, a, is, is something that comes up, maybe what I'm going to do is say, hey, something I wanted to let you know right at the very beginning of this DT is that I've actually completely silenced my phone for the next hour because I want what you have to talk about to be my only focus. And in you kind of saying like, here's my conviction, here's my commitment to you, you're inviting them to, to reciprocate that in their commitment and their kind of focus on you as their discipler as well. Um, as far as other distractions go, know what is going to come up in the places where you meet. If you meet in the middle of Wesley, guess what? You're going to get distracted at some point. Somebody's going to throw a ball. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to run through screaming. You know, you're going to see somebody. There, Somebody's not going to know what you're doing, so they're just going to plop down and think that you're just having a conversation. You know, some of you might have a coffee shop that you love to go to because you see everybody. Don't go there for DT. If you're the kind of person that gets distracted when you see somebody walk by, don't go sit in the courtyard of the Georgia Center where people are walking through, walking past those big windows every 45 minutes. If, if you're the kind of person that can't eat and have a conversation at the same time, don't go grab lunch with your DT. It might be that, that if you or the person you meet with are easily distracted, you're just going to have to find an office. Or, or you're going to have to to get in your car or, or do whatever it takes to to keep your focus and to help them keep theirs. Um, and, and something I would just encourage you with is is don't be religious about it. 
Um, you know, this is their time. Um, this is about them. And what we want to do is, is we want to create an environment and an atmosphere and a focus that allows them to grow, not like list out these 45 rules that you have to follow in order to be discipled by me. That's not what it's about. Um, and the, the biggest thing that I would say is if you're doing any of these things that, that cause you to be distracted um, while you disciple, you just need to stop right away. Because this is not your time. This is their time that you're giving to them. And, and we're just always so amazed at how willing y'all are to do that. But my encouragement to you in the midst of our gratitude is like, be present. Show this person how much they mean by giving them your full attention for the next hour. Because when you pull up your phone, um, what you're saying to them is, you're really important and so I'm with you but you're not quite important enough to give you my full time and attention. I've started to wear a watch um, on my wrist so that when I need to know what time it is, I can look down instead of pull out my phone. Because sure, like I can say, hey, let me check the time real quick, but, but they don't know if I'm checking a text, really. Or they don't know if I'm just you know flipping through Google. And so I know that carrying around a paper Bible isn't the coolest thing in the world anymore, but if you're the kind of person that likes to look up scripture, have a Bible with you so that you're not on your phone and they're wondering, are they looking up a verse or are they checking out the new Star Wars trailer? Do as much as you can to show them how important the time is to you. And I think more and more, they'll make the time important to them. Oh, that's great. Um, Aaron, so thank you so much for answering those questions. So we might do this in a couple weeks again, guys. So we'll be sending out in the emails um, a form for you guys to fill out to answer your questions that you may have. Um, Cause this, podcast is for you guys so we want to know what you want to talk about or what you want to hear about or advice that you want to get so we'll be sending that out in the next couple weeks but thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week